Welcome to Memorizing Scripture. I'm your host, Gordon. And this week, our memory verse is 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, let's read it. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Okay. And today we're talking about a few key points. It's sometimes a little difficult to talk about key points with just one verse. And so I might go back and forth a little bit on some things today and tomorrow during the supporting verses and even on Friday to zoom in where we are in context as we talked about yesterday, but we'll do our best. So the first key point that I want to talk about with you is the word anyone. And the reason why I think this is a key point I talked about in uh, the first podcast of this verse on Monday is anyone, the phrase anyone in Christ, I, I feel like this was a huge spiritual bomb dropped in the middle of the Corinthian church. And I would imagine that those who are reading this letter and they're committing these immoral acts are are reading this and the Holy Spirit is tugging on their hearts. And I know that Paul had just received word from Titus before that before he wrote this letter that people were repenting. But I would imagine that this is just another support like gut punch to to say hey anyone it doesn't matter your background your sins your family your political views your philosophies your diet your job your age your ethnicity your country of origin anyone 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 in Christ is a new creation and so that encourages us so much because like i talked about on monday it doesn't matter for you as well I mean, these people in, in Corinth, they were doing some pretty bad stuff and they were sinning against God in ways that a lot of us probably don't sin or, or haven't consistently sinned. But if you if you have, if you feel like you're the worst of the worst and the lowest of the lowest, you can still come to God. And so what's even better about this is that right before this verse is that Paul states, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. So as Christians, we look at each other without, well, we're supposed to. I say this, it's, it's extremely difficult, but we look at each other by looking at, are you in Christ or are you lost? So meaning before, before Christ, people would look at each other the way I just mentioned before. Uh, and we see that very strongly today. We, we, people, we see people and we identify people. We scrutinize people, we vilified people by their backgrounds or their sins or their family or their political views or their philosophies or their diet or their job or their age or their ethnicity or their country of origin. And again, Paul doesn't see people that way. He's, he, again, he says we see people as a brother or sister in Christ or we see people who are lost and we have empathy for those people to come to know Christ. We don't just, I mean, as Christians, I would hope that we're working on this place where we're not trying to be critical. We're trying to, um, as in Matthew 7, 1, it says, do not judge. And that's the judge of having a critical spirit. We don't look at people and say, man, they're never going to know Christ or their life's messed up there and they're never going to get it together. And while we might, while we might recognize that, you know, we understand that when people are going through stuff or they're making bad choices, that their life is in a wayward direction. Our job as Christians isn't to emphasize that point. You know, and, and make insult to injury, as it were. 
Our job as Christians is, if it's appropriate, come aside beside them or pray for them, asking God to provide a way out for their life. And I, I think we try to think that more and more because I think one of our deepest desires as Christians is we want people to connect with God to go to heaven forever and not go to hell. And I and I think that's pretty motivating a lot of the times to say, okay, well, how can I help this person? You know, and if they're willing, that's another part of it. If they're willing to be helped, some people, especially people who are lost, enjoy what they're doing, and it's hard. It's hard to help people, so that's why we need to pray and and seek God for answers. The next key point that I want to point out is in Christ. Now, I made this again an observation, but maybe we're going to unpack it just a little bit more. So, in Christ, what does that mean? In Christ, and the second. So there's two things I want to think about. The first thing is that being in Christ means there's a limited group of people. And we just talked about that with anyone. So anyone in Christ, we have, there are people who are brothers and sisters in Christ and people who are lost. And so as we are talking about those who are in Christ, it's a, it's a little, it's a limited group of people. There are people in Christ and people not in Christ. But it's important to to point out that the new life and the new creation only applies to those who are in Christ. Jesus died for those who choose to be in Christ, who God gives them the faith to be in Christ. And only those who are in Christ will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And there's only one way to the kingdom of heaven. And we know that John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And that is in Christ. That's what Jesus says. So there is a limited group of people that are in Christ. Now that limit could be huge. You know, that's why we need to keep praying for people to be in our Christian church, big C, overall church, globally, history, through the ages, all the people in Christ. Now, the second part about this is what does it mean to be in Christ? Now, we might often think, okay, so I prayed a prayer and now I'm part of the church or I prayed a prayer and I'm a Christian. And there's nowhere in scripture that talks about you praying a prayer and therefore you check the box and you're saved. Jesus never did an altar call where he said, you got to come down here and I'm going to pray with you. And this is how you have accepted me. No, um, it was a lifestyle change. We see the disciples committed their entire lives to Christ. They even were martyred. Um, we see that with Paul as well. And so as we are in Christ, we have to kind of identify some of those things that make us in Christ. Uh, one of those things that I just mentioned before is inheriting the kingdom of heaven. We're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven as being in Christ. But more specifically, the things that we do today are good works. Now, we don't do good works and therefore are Christians. We do the good works that Christ asks us to do and that we do that are in the Bible because we are Christians. We get to participate in the work of Christ and his divine plan. You know, the, there's a difference between doing the the works that Christ asks us to do and there's a, versus being nice, basically. And so in Ephesians 2.10, we see that he says, we, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so that just reiterates my my point, but even more so, that is the point. God created us 
in Christ Jesus for good works. God prepared for those for those for us, and He expects us to walk in them. And as Christians, we should have that desire. How can we lead people to Christ? How can we um, glorify God, worship God? And that's going to manifest itself in a variety of ways: worshiping Him on Sunday, talking to Him through to people throughout the week, studying the Word, praying, teaching our families. The next thing that I want to point out about this point being in Christ is we have a security in Christ. Nothing can take us away from Christ. And one of the, the, the greatest verses for this is Romans 8, 38 through 39. And it says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so that means no matter what happens in this world, even if you accept Christ, you have the faith of Christ, you've devoted your life to Christ, he is Lord and master of your life. Whatever happens after that, nothing can separate you from being Christ's. You inherit the kingdom of heaven. You are an heir of God. And that is extremely encouraging because we can't lose our salvation. We can't. Nothing that the devil can do can separate us from Christ, no matter how hard he works. So he does everything he can in this world to entice us to not even pursue Christ. But once we understand who God is and who Christ is, then it's over. The devil has no way that he can pull us out of that, he can, that he can take us away from heaven, for we are Jesus Christ once we've made that commitment. And the last part about this being in Christ that I want to point out is God is pleased with us as his children. As we're doing good things, there's that, that quote in Matthew 25, well, well done, good and faithful servant. And I, and I think we want to hear that from God. We want to know that. And we want to know that when we die and we, we meet God at the gates of heaven. But also I think in today's world, we're going to be doing things and God is also the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. And so we want to do things where we know we're doing what's right. And that, you know, first of all, we got to know those things. We have to read the word to see what those things are. But there's a variety of ways that God can encourage us just through his Holy Spirit, the comfort, through people's encouraging words who are also in the church. And so I think God being pleased with his children, he blesses us in a variety of ways. And we have to be aware of that and know what that means. Um, as we're in Christ moving forward. And so the last thing that I want to point out as a key point is a new creation. So how are people a new creation? And there's there's a lot of different ways to describe this um, as far as examples go. But the idea is that, again, this is someone who devotes his life to Christ. He is being renewed. And baptism is actually a perfect analogy of this. We are crucified with Christ and we rise to a new life. When we go down, we're crucified with Christ. We're dead to our sins and our transgressions. And when we come out of the water, we rise. We, we have a new life in Christ. And so it's an outward expression of an inward transformation. And so um, this new creation, we also see in John 3, 3, about being born again spiritually. And we'll talk tomorrow about some supporting verses that um, support what it looks like to be a new creation, how this theme is in uh, the Bible, especially the New Testament. But here's one. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
And again, this is when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He's saying, you must be born again. And so that born again, that new creation, how are you a new creation? That transformation has new characters, new desires, and a new attitude. And it's all reflective of Christ. And over time, we learn more and more what it means to be like Christ and to love Christ and by reading his word and praying and caring for the church, fellowship through giving. And the point is we don't want to follow the pattern of this world. The world looks at us and wonders, why are these people different? You know, we're not necessarily walking around looking like weird aliens, but they say, you know, why are they different? Why don't they like what we like? Why aren't they laughing at the same jokes we're laughing? Why do they not do the same things that we do? And that's what it looks like to be a new creation. If you're a part of this world and you're enjoying the pleasures of this world, um, and it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy like playing golf or doing things. It's, it's the sinful activities that we know that the world is praising, that the world is cheering on and is commending. It's, it's those ideas of partying all night long and, and doing things that God doesn't want you to do to be sanctified. And in fact, he wants us to be separate. And those desires shouldn't be there as Christians. And if they are, we need to ask God, what does this look like with our lives and, and the things that we're struggling and ask people who are Christians alongside of us to help figure that out. So the point is, though, no matter who you are, if you come to Christ, repent and choose to live a life that glorifies God, you are reconciled to God. You are welcome, welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. And that's something to be grateful for. So I hope those points help you and um, encourage you. So we're going to wrap up. Again, repetition. Continue to recite this verse daily, weekly. And next week we're going to do a review week of the five verses that we've done so far. So hopefully that helps too. I understand, just a quick side note, I understand that over time you might not memorize these things word for word like when we're getting later in the year if we try to review them, but they're going to be there. And the Holy Spirit is going to um, bring to your mind these verses throughout the rest of your life when necessary. And so even though you might not have these things word for word perfect for the rest of your life, I pray that you are continuing to do this and hang in there because the studying of God's word and hiding it close in your heart is important because we need the word of God throughout our life. And like I said, the world has strong systems and strong evil things that are trying to get us away from God. And so having his word in his heart is, is really the number one way to remember who we are in Christ. So in continuing, if you have any questions or comments, ideas, if you want to email me, you can email me at ideamailbag at gmail.com, ideamailbag at gmail.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review on whatever platform you're listening to um, for this. And let's go ahead and repeat our memory verse again. I'm going to repeat each line twice. I want you to say the second line out loud. That way you get involved. And here's we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All right. Great work this week. We're halfway done, over halfway done. And uh, until next time, continue to put on the mind of Christ. <laughs>